We Will Not Be Tamed, a Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation podcast that encourages all Texans to get involved in conserving the wild things and wild places of our state. I'm Lydia Saldana with the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. And it's always a pleasure to have a conversation with Carter Smith, and especially when I can let all of you eavesdrop. Thanks for joining us today, Carter. Oh, delighted to be with you, Lydia. Thank you. Well, I think we can all agree it's kind of been a crazy year. And as we head into the fourth quarter of the year, I think we're all adjusting to a new normal. What does that look like for Texas Parks and Wildlife sites, programs, and people? Well, I'd certainly concur with your characterization of the year itself is surreal at best, as I've told any number of people, um, you know, the only thing positive to come out of 2020, as far as I'm concerned, has been the advent of hunting season. Uh, and so that's probably metaphorical for all of us who have some interest in the in the out of doors in whatever shape, form or fashion that that takes, um, you know, obviously, with the uh, advent of, of COVID, um, you know, it was pretty clunky for us at the department. But I think at this juncture, we've really hit a bit of a rhythm in terms of our work and, and, and operations. Um, you know, our work continues unabated, you know, albeit with, you know, the requisite safety protocols that you would expect um, department staff to be taking at sites and facilities and places and with programs and with our interactions with people all over the state. But again, the work goes on. Um, and so hunting season is here. Our biologists are very busy with that. Our fisheries biologists are, are very um, preoccupied with the operation of hatcheries and the continued monitoring of fish populations um, in our bays and in our lakes and rivers and streams. Our state parks are open. Um, lots of interest in people getting outdoors, um, seeing more people than ever on the waters fishing and, 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 and boating. And so it's busy. Our game wardens, um, very, very busy on the, on the lakes in particular um, with uh, just enthusiasm for, for getting outside. And uh, so, so our work has kind of fallen into a, a natural routine or, or rhythm, Lydia, but again, albeit with some different practices and protocols to help um, uh, maximize safety, not only of our staff, but those that we're interacting with. Well, you mentioned the silver, silver lining of a hunting season starting, but I think another silver lining is just um, kind of the, the pandemic underscored how important outdoor places are for us all. Um, I know that, that Texans really crave their connection to the outdoors in the spring and summer. And just what are your general observations about that? Well, I couldn't agree more with that. The outdoors are just so naturally therapeutic for all of us. But in this time of COVID, I think their value for all of us emotionally, uh, mentally, psychologically um, have just really been um, underscored as people have sought refuge and solace in the in the out of doors in some form or fashion. And, you know, certainly we saw that early on in the in the spring as people really took to their local parks and green belts and trails. And then as we moved more into April and May, it was clear that, you know, when given a choice of you know, shelter at place or staying at home related considerations or going fishing, people went fishing. Um, and as we look at our license sales from last year that ended in mid-August, our resident fishing license sales were up 25%. Boat sales have just been through the 
roof. You can't find fishing tackle um, or much of any outdoor gear really um, in outdoor stores just because it's been so picked over and because of the disruption in the supply chain. And, you know, candidly, if we were to um, remove our capacity limits inside state parks, they'd be bursting at the seams with visitors. Um, we were curious with the advent of dove season as to whether or not we'd see those trends in recreational license sales continue to go up. And, and, and sure enough, as of mid-September at least, um, hunting and fishing license sales were 9% higher year over year from where they were last year. And so um, people are taking refuge in the, in the outdoors and they need it. They, they need those connections to their natural and outdoor spaces really important uh, again their their overall health and um, very important that the department and others can continue to provide those all throughout the state to Texans wherever they live. Well that's a great segue to the topic of, a, of, of new the need for new state parks in Texas and of course uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation is going full steam ahead on raising nine million dollars for construction of parks of park facilities at Palo Pinto Mountain State Park. And as you know, we're, we're, we're about halfway there. Mm -hmm. We've collaborated on quite a few public partnerships, private public partnerships before Carter, but this one really takes it to another level. What insights do you have about that? Well, it really does. And, you know, just by way of context, while we have done a lot of land acquisition over the years, expanding parks, filling in inholdings in the parks, you know, I'd simply remind everybody that we have not formally opened up a new state park since 2008, 2009, when we opened up Rosaca de la Palma State Park down in, in Brownsville. So Palo Pinto Mountain State Park is a new state park. It's going to be the first one since then. So, you know, that's, that's many years. Um, I think this partnership really takes this notion of public-private partnerships to... Um, the truest sense of the phrase um, in that you've got three primary partners that have come together, of course, Parks and Wildlife in setting the, the vision and the parameters for the new state park and what we want it to be, the kind of amenities that we want to provide with lots of public input on that. And then we've got our wonderful partners at the Parks and Wildlife Foundation that are raising critically important private dollars to leverage public investments, but also with the Parks and Wildlife Foundation managing the construction of the facilities on site. So from the visitors facilities and headquarters and uh, the equestrian center and the campsites and restrooms. And then that's coupled with um, the Texas Department of Transportation that's going to be building um, the roads and access points into the state park. So it's a it's a great marriage of expertise and roles and responsibilities. We couldn't do it without um, the resources and expertise of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. And we're really excited about bringing on the state park for public use enjoyment just in time for the centennial of the state park system in 2023. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, now here's the time for the shameless plug for donations for any of you listening out there. The private donations are so important to this. And y'all can just go to our website at tpwf.org and make a donation directly online. And we certainly hope you'll do that. Um, let's switch gears a little bit and <laughs> not to be a Debbie Downer here, but there's been 
headlines in Texas newspapers across the state about the, the impact of the economic downturn on state government finances. I, I know y'all are in the midst of developing your LAR, the legislative appropriation request that will go to the legislature um, early next year. You know, what, what, are, what are these implications for Pe Texas Parks and Wildlife Department? Well, I'm not sure we fully know at this, at this juncture. I mean, what we know so far is we've been asked, just like other agencies, to um, reduce the, the current biennial budgets um, by 5%. And, and, and so that's roughly a 31 to $32 million um, reduction in expenditures that we that we've made, but again, everybody has made significant belt tightening adjustments across all sectors, um, not only here in Texas but across the country and the in the world. We're going to have a much better sense of what the economic um, climate um, and challenges therein associated with um, the COVID related impacts and depressed um, oil and gas related activity as well as other business sectors. We'll know more about that um, really next spring when the legislature's in session and ultimately um, at the end of May when presumably a budget is, is passed and, 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 and put into law. But we're certainly expecting it to, um, to mean leaner, tighter times for the, for the department and we'll be prepared to do that. It won't be our uh, first uh, time at that dance and certainly we'll be focused on making sure that our core priorities of stewardship and law enforcement and outdoor recreation continue to be fulfilled. Um, but I do expect it to be uh, leaner, tighter, um, and with fewer resources ahead. Of course, um, on the uh, sort of flip side of that question, the passage of Proposition 5 uh, last year and the availability of the sporting goods sales tax for state parks, of course, was hailed as a major success for those who love the outdoors in Texas. And earlier in this conversation, you mentioned the increased sale of outdoor gear, um, you know, related to the increased demand for people just wanting to be outside. And I'm, I'm guessing that bodes well for, the, for those sporting goods sales tax revenue. Uh, what are the priorities for this revenue? Have y'all mapped that out? Yeah, and, and I'd say generally speaking, again, to, to one of your points, Lydia, is that um, irrespective of kind of the economic climate, you know, we typically see high sales of sporting goods um, related items. And again, I think that's just emblematic of um, people wanting to get outdoors and connect with the outdoors. And as we've already discussed, that's certainly been the case during the, during the time of COVID. Um, big picture, our priorities for that revenue, which again, is just extraordinary. We're so grateful for um, Texans just coming out in mass to support the dedication of that revenue stream to fund state parks and historic sites. Um, it's going to give us a lot of predictability and stability going forward. But, but big picture, um, our priorities are really these. Um, first and foremost are around addressing these decades long or this decades long backlog of deferred maintenance across the state park system. So these are big capital repair projects that involve water and wastewater and infrastructure and buildings and amenities and and so forth um, that we need to um, have operating and functioning for our state park 
users. Um, we also need to invest more in terms of the day-to-day -day operations of state parks. And that's whether it's, you know, keeping up the, the trails and the bird blinds and the fishing piers and the campsites and the kind of minor re repair related things, but also investing in staff to be able to meet the, the, the burgeoning demand for parks and to have the kind of public safety assurances as well as staff on place to just deal with uh, the um, visitor interface, which has just grown um, over the over the years. And last but not least, um, you know, these funds will help ensure that we can invest not only in new amenities inside state parks, um, like new fishing piers or new campsites or campgrounds or group use facilities, but also funds where we can partner with local communities around the state to acquire and develop new parks that are managed by um, other units of government uh, at the local or county levels to provide recreational opportunities close to home. So we're, we're excited about what this portends um, for parks, all of them across Texas in the future, and um, look forward to being able to strategically make these investments to help lift up uh, the entirety of the, the, uh, the park system across Texas. Now, I know that the legislative appropriation request is a huge piece of the, you know, what y'all are working on this time of year as you head into the next session, but what are other legislative priorities or issues that we should be tuned into for the upcoming session? Well, top of mind for us, of course, is the sunset review process. This is a legislatively mandated process for all state agencies that they undergo a top to bottom review of their agency um, and um, must be carried forward in a series of recommendations by the, by the Sunset Commission um, that ultimately result in the reauthorization of an agency. So that happens every 12 years in general for most agencies. Um, it's our turn in the barrel uh, right, right now. Um, the Sunset Commission staff has completed their report and their recommendations, which cover a range of things on things that can be, or in their estimation can be improved at Parks and Wildlife from how we manage um, and serve the public with our licenses and permitting um, related options that are out there. Um, there's some notion about how we could improve our strategic planning processes inside the agency as, as well as some ways to help polish the gold on our internal audit um, related system. So um, a lot of it are things that, um, you know, users of the outdoors might not see directly, um, but important measures that, again, I think can improve the administration and operations of the, the agency. Ultimately, the Sunset Commission needs to pass a series of, of recommendations that then will be put forward in legislation that will be considered in the next legislative session. And, and of course, um, first among those considerations will be the recommendation to reauthorize the department for another 12 years. And while I'm not concerned about that recommendation per se, um, the sunset legislation does provide a, a portal where uh, there can be legislative 
interest and influence around certain programs or activities. And that will be something that, um, you know, we and many others will be watching um, and interacting closely with during the session. But that, besides the budget, would be, would be top of mind for us, Lydia. Well, let, let's switch gears now to a, a very happy national issue. Uh, the president recently signed the Great American Outdoors Act, which of course will permanently fund the Land and Water Conservation Fund. What will be the impact of that bill and what, what, what's it going to mean for Texas? Well, this truly is a landmark piece of legislation for conservation and outdoor recreation. And um, it too, just like the constitutional dedication of the sporting goods sales tax revenue stream to support uh, parks and historic sites um, on the national level, this has the same kind of impact, just more broadly from a geographic perspective. Um, what it means for Texas is really this one, um, you know, we hope to see some improvements and enhancements with uh, national parks and national wildlife refuges and national forests in Texas over time because of funding that will be available to help support uh, infrastructure and capital needs across our our federal land holdings but there's also the stateside funding piece that comes with it and we're expecting to see you know upwards of 20 to 25 million dollars a year in additional funding that will be available for investments in state and local parks across texas so um, we see this as a wonderful complement to uh, Proposition 5 and the constitutional dedication of the sporting goods sales tax in a way to ensure that um, our parks, our seamless system of parks at the local, state, and federal levels are appropriately funded and cared for um, for generations now and to, and to come. So um, we're really excited about the passage of this legislation. Um, very grateful to all of the groups that work so hard on it, uh, Congress for passing it, uh, the president for signing it into law. Um, it's, it, was a, it was a great day for the country um, with the passage of this legislation, and that includes Texas. Such good news, such good news. Um, I, I could probably talk to you for another hour, but I know you probably don't have an hour, so we'll wrap this up. Is there anything else on your mind that you'd like to share with us? Well, two things. Obviously, uh, hunting season is upon us, and we obviously encourage everybody to get out and enjoy the, the great outdoors. That's just such an important time of year that creates such wonderful memories for individuals and families. And I'd remind everybody of the importance of uh, introducing somebody new into the outdoors and whether they hunt or fish or camp or kayak or bird watch or simply walk out and enjoy and immerse themselves in nature. Um, I'd remind us all of the importance of that. Um, not to end on a somber note, but I, I'd also like to ask us all to remember uh, the sacrifices um, and sometimes the ultimate sacrifice that the men and women um, that serve our fine state and home ground make in honor and service of the wild things and wild places that we care so deeply about. And I'd be terribly remiss if I uh, didn't take a moment to just honor the memory and service of three extraordinary men and professionals, uh, fathers and sons and husbands and 
uh, colleagues, Brandon White and Dewey Stockbridge and Dr. Bob Ditmore, who lost their lives so tragically in a helicopter uh, accident while um, surveying and monitoring bighorn sheep out in, in far west Texas. Um, the men and women of this department um, so love uh, their service to our state and our natural resources, um, but the work that they do is um, oftentimes filled with risks. Um, um, but these men were just consummate professionals um, and deeply and dearly loved by colleagues and partners alike. And I hope as we reflect back on 2020 and beyond that we'll uh, remember all of their many gifts um, to the wild things and wild places that helped define us. May they rest in peace. Such a tragedy. Carter, thank you so much for being with us. We appreciate thank it. Thank you. Thank you, Lydia. Brought to you by Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation, We Will Not Be Tamed calls us all to appreciate the wildness of Texas, the vastness of our Texas spirit, and why we should be inspired to conserve it. Find out more at wewillnotbetamed.org.